Evie? Uh, you remember Evie? No. Oh, I suppose she was after your time. She's the mater's factotum, companion, jack of all trades. A great sport, old Evie. Not precisely young and beautiful, but as game as they can make them. You were going to say? Oh, this fellow. He turned up from nowhere on the pretext of being a second cousin or something of Evie's though she doesn't seem particularly keen to acknowledge the relationship. The fellow is an absolute outsider. Anyone can see that. He's got a great black beard and wears patent leather boots in all weathers. But the mater cottoned to him at once. Took him on as a secretary. You know how she's always running a hundred societies. I nodded. Well, of course, the war has turned the hundreds into thousands. No doubt the fellow was very useful to her. But you could have knocked us all down with a feather when, three months ago, she suddenly announced that she and Alfred were engaged. The fellow must be at least twenty years younger than she is. It's simply barefaced fortune hunting, but there you are. She is her own mistress, and she's married him. Must be a difficult situation for you all. Difficult? It's damnable! Thus it came about that three days later, I descended from the train at Stile St. Mary, an absurd little station, with no apparent reason for existence, perched up in the midst of green fields and country lanes. John Cavendish was waiting on the platform and piloted me out to the car. Got a drop or two of petrol still, you see, he remarked, mainly owing to the mater's activities. The village of Stiles St. Mary was situated about two miles from the little station, and Stiles Court lay a mile the other side of it. It was a still warm day in early July, as one looked out over the flat Essex country, lying so green and peaceful under the afternoon sun, it seemed almost impossible to believe that, not so very far away, a great war was running its appointed course. I felt I had suddenly strayed into another world. As we turned in at the lodge gates, John said, I'm afraid you'll find it very quiet down here, Hastings. My dear fellow, that's just what I want. Oh, it's pleasant enough if you want to lead the idle life. I drill with the volunteers twice a week and lend a hand at the farms. My wife works regularly on the land. (laughs) She is up at five every morning to milk and keeps at it steadily until lunchtime. It's a jolly good life taking it all round, if it weren't for that fellow Alfred Inglethorpe. He checked the car suddenly and glanced at his watch. I wonder if we've time to pick up Cynthia. No, she'll have started from the hospital by now. Cynthia? That's not your wife. No. Cynthia's a protege of my mother's. The daughter of an old schoolfellow of hers who married a rascally solicitor. He came a cropper, and the girl was left an orphan and penniless. My mother came to the rescue, and Cynthia's been with us nearly two years now. She works in the Red Cross Hospital at Tadminster, seven miles away. As he spoke the last words, we drew up in front of the fine old house. A lady, in a stout tweed skirt, who was bending over a flower bed, straightened herself at our approach. Hello, Evie. Here's our wounded hero, Mr. Hastings, Miss Howard. Miss Howard shook hands with a hearty, almost painful grip. I had an impression of very blue eyes in a sunburned face. She was a pleasant-looking woman of about forty, with a deep voice, almost manly with its stentorian tones.
and had a large, sensible square body, with feet to match. These last encased in good, thick boots. The conversation I soon found was couched in the telegraphic style. Weeds grow like a house of fire. Can't keep even with them. Shall press you in. Better be careful. I'm sure I shall only be too delighted to make myself useful, I responded. Don't say it. Never does. Wish you hadn't later. You're a cynic, Evie, said John, laughing. Where's tea today, inside or out? Out. Do find a day to be cooped up in the house. Come on, then. You've done enough gardening for today. The laborer is worthy of his hire, you know. Come and be refreshed. Well, said Miss Howard, drawing off her gardening gloves, I'm inclined to agree with you. She led the way round the house to where tea was spread under the shade of a large sycamore. A figure rose from one of the basket chairs and came...